Bibles, if you would, and uh, your outline there, if you grab one on the way in with the prayer page. And we're going to continue tonight with this series on Teach Us to Pray. Now, they said that, the disciples said that to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we want to learn how to pray. And I think if there's one thing every Christian should should uh, desire in their life is to have a prayer life, uh, time that you could spend with the Lord. And uh, I've just been, you know, seeking the Lord on this particular topic and spent a great day today going through the Word of God. And I love what it says here, You either in your outline or in the Word of God. Luke chapter number 11 tonight, verse number 1, the Bible says it came to pass that as he was praying. Now think about that. Anybody know who the he is here? Jesus, right? Jesus was a praying man, right? You say, well, he was God. He still was a praying man. And the Bible says that as he was praying in a certain place, and uh, we'll talk about that in the day's ahead, maybe next week, about having a certain place that maybe you would go to and get alone with God. You know, a lot of times we refer to that as a prayer closet. Uh, For some... And I don't know about you, but for many years with children in my house, it was hard to find a place where I could get along. <laughs> and, and we need to have that place that we can go to. And it says that when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, in other words, I don't know how long he was there, I don't know what all he prayed about, but when his prayer time ended, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now notice this last statement here, as John also taught his disciples. Now we know that this John is not talking about John the Beloved, it's dealing with this matter of John the Baptist, and if you look in the scriptures, you find that John the Baptist's ministry, he he was called the forerunner of Christ, that he came to prepare the way, and John the Baptist didn't have a bulldozer, he wasn't preparing roads, he was preparing the hearts for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It was God's design, God's plan, that John the Baptist would come before Jesus. So when you look at their ministries, what you find is John's ministry preceded the ministry of Jesus. And when John was shut up in prison, and then, of course, he was beheaded, you find that Jesus' ministry, really his earthly ministry, kicked off during that time. And I think many, and I could be wrong about this, but I think a lot of times the Lord did it that way because uh, if there were two, and, and of course both those men, John the Baptist and Jesus, their message was the same. But a lot of times, I mean, you were reading the scriptures where uh, Paul writes under the inspiration, he says uh, some of Apollos and some of Paul, sometimes when there's more than one voice, people are trying to figure out who to turn to. Sometimes there's confusion. And so when John's ministry came to a close, Jesus' earthly ministry kicked off. But during John's ministry, there were those that began to follow his teachings. Now remember, John said many things. One of the statements I love that John said was, he must increase, I must decrease. When John saw Jesus, and we had the privilege of going down to the Jordan River, and when John was there baptizing The Bible says that he saw Jesus coming unto him, and he said these words, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. John clearly says, look, it's not me. 
He says, it's him that you need. And John clearly said that, but there were many because of John's message. And Dr. Lightfoot said this about this thought about the, the disciples of John, how John taught them to pray. Here's what he said, that whereas the Jews' prayers were generally adorations and praises of God and doxologies, John taught his disciples such prayers as were more filled up with petitions and requests. Now you see this in a verse here that I gave you, Luke 5, 33, where the Bible says, they say unto him, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? Now Jesus answered that question. He says, listen, as long as the bridegroom's here, he says, you don't have to fast. He says, but there was going to come a time that he would not be with them any longer. And certainly we find here that this matter of praying is very important. John taught his disciples. Jesus taught his disciples. And listen, the Word of God has plenty to say about prayer and how very important it is for every one of us. Now, one of the things that I, I, I guess I've always loved and looked into and, and in this second lesson is the various postures that we can pray to God. I don't, I don't really know if there's necessarily a wrong posture, but what I like is to study the Word of God and see the various ways or postures that we find in the Word of God. I, I think it's an interesting study, and I hope that you look at it tonight, not necessarily because it's just something I taught, it's because it's all Bible. And I want you to see some of those postures. Somebody said posture is not prayer, but anyone looking into the Scriptures will notice many different postures people use when they prayed. And so tonight I want to look at some of those, and we'll begin with the first one, which is sitting in prayer. To sit down and pray. The Bible says in 2 Samuel seven eighteen, Then went King David in, and notice what the Bible says, sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? So here's what we find is, is that David sat. He sat down and he prayed to the Lord. Now, a lot of people believe that sitting in prayer is probably, again, I, I don't know if it's necessarily opinion I would hold, but a lot out of all these postures, they believe that this is probably the least reverent position of the body some felt like, well, maybe David was an older man at this time. Maybe David wasn't able to get down and pray as maybe he was when he was younger. I don't know exactly the age of David, but I know this, that there are many times when sitting in prayer may not only be the most appropriate posture, it may be the only posture. There, listen, if you're in your car, you're sitting down. It's kind of hard to get on your knees while you're in your car. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Sometimes sitting down may be the only posture that you can have because the Bible says to pray without what? Without ceasing. So if there's a time where it may be the only posture, now again, it may be the least uh, reverent, maybe the least appropriate in some people's minds, but I don't think there's nothing wrong. There are times, I, I know that in the past, 
I prayed with some of our men who, who've had uh, knee surgeries, things like that, and it's very difficult for them to get down and get back up. And some of them sometimes will just sit there in their chair and pray. Sometimes our church members, when we have a prayer meeting in, in church and, and we'll have a season of prayer for a revival or something, and I'll say, well, let's just find a partner, get, get alone with God. And I notice sometimes some of our members, maybe, maybe because they can't, they don't necessarily kneel down, they just stay right there in their seat and they're able to pray to the Lord. And one of the postures that we see in the Word of God is sitting in prayer. Notice the second one is this, standing, standing in prayer. Now, we do this even here in our church services a lot of times. Now, we begin our service, we're still standing, and we open with a word of prayer. And in the word of God, we find in 1 Samuel chapter 1, the Bible says, She said, unto, said O my Lord, as, thou, uh, as thou, thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. This is the passage here where you find Hannah. I shared that a little bit on Sunday as as we saw a young couple dedicate their children to the Lord. And Hannah was without child and she had prayed. She stood there and she prayed. You find the same thing in the book of Nehemiah where the, the Levites, the Levitical priests there, they stood praying and they stood there confessing their sins to God. Look at Nehemiah 9 and verse number 4. Then stood up upon the stairs of the Levites, Jeshua, and Bani, Cadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Shariah, Bani, and, boy, aren't you glad you didn't name your kids any of those, Shinani. And it, notice it says they stood up and cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. So notice here that you find Hannah, you find the priests, there are others that they stood to pray. Think about when David, or excuse me, not David, Solomon, when he dedicated the temple. You study it out. What did he do? He stood there and he prayed at the dedication of the temple. When, um, when Abraham was interceding about what was going on in Sodom and Lot was there, he stood before the Lord. Look at Genesis 18. And the men turned their faces from thence, and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Moses, when he was on Mount Horeb, the Bible records, I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord. What was he doing? Remember last week we talked about those types of prayers. This was one of those intercessory prayers. Hey, think about that. Just like Abraham with Lot, he stood between the Lord and those people. And boy, I'm going to tell you, there's been times in my life when there have been people that have taken, lifted my name up and prayed for me and interceded for me between God and me. And I'm glad for those times. And the Bible records that Abraham stood before the Lord and Moses stood before the Lord when he prayed. How about this one? I don't think you can beat this one. Jesus stood when he prayed. It's, it was a posture that was very common in prayer. The Bible says in, in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. What is Jesus saying here? Hey, look, he's, Jesus is expecting this matter of standing in prayer to be a common posture. We still do that. Like I said, many times 
in church when we had our men's meeting we stood and prayed many times i'll, I'll say to somebody somebody might share a, a prayer request with me, with me many times i'm out in the foyer and somebody will come up to me and they'll say something like this pastor i've got a situation going on and, and i just need your prayers and a lot of times you know I, I do my best i try to remember when people ask me to pray for them i usually will try to grab my pen and i'll try to write it down but a lot of times over the years i've tried to do this if if possible when somebody comes up to me and they've got something that's heavy on their heart I'll say to them, listen, why don't, we, why don't we have a word of prayer right now? You know, there's nothing wrong with any of you doing that with someone. Now, certainly, I'm out in the foyer. I'm not going to, and again, no disrespect, but I'm not going to drop to my knees right there in the foyer. But what I may do is just walk over away from everybody else. I might put my arm around my brother in Christ, and right there, we'll bow our heads, and we'll just pray. And we'll pray standing. You see, you can pray to God sitting. You can pray to God standing. Notice the third one is this matter of what the Bible talks about of lifting up of hands in prayer. Lifting up of hands in prayer. David was one. That David went through so many things in his life, but David was going through a, a, a very difficult time of distress. And the Bible talks in Psalm 28 how David begins to cry out to God and notice what the Bible says, hear the voice of my supplications. That was one of those words we used last week. He says, when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands towards the holy oracle. In 1 Timothy, over in the New Testament, because a lot of times people think, well, that was an Old Testament practice. Look what the Bible says here. I will therefore that men pray, look at those next two words, everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, sometimes when we see people doing things like this, because maybe we don't do it, we think, boy, they're out there. That's just a little, you know. But the truth is, it's, it's a biblical, scriptural principle. Now, it says holy hands. We know that our righteousness is as filthy rags, right? The only holiness about us is that we have a holy God. The, the, the Bible uses the word saints, and here's what it means. Holy ones, hagias, that we are to be separate, set apart, sanctified. And listen, as we live for the Lord and not for the world, then we can go to God and we can lift up, as it says here, holy hands. Now, what is it talking about? This matter of lifting up holy hands, it was a common custom, not only among the Jews, sometimes people think it was just a Jewish practice, but the truth is, it was even common among the heathens to lift up or to spread out the arms and hands in prayer. But what is it? You see the man there on the slide. Here's what it is. It's the action of petition and request, and it seems to be an effort to embrace the assistance that is being requested. It's, it, it, in a sense, it's reaching out to God. Now, we understand that God is in heaven, but God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. And we're asking, remember last week we talked about beseeching, begging God, reaching out. My granddaughter, 
uh, you know, I just, I, I love all my grandchildren. And she's at that age right now where she's, she's taken a couple Frankenstein steps. But that girl can, I'm telling you something, she can crawl 100 miles an hour. And from time to time, she'll, she'll come across the, the hallway or the floor or at our house. And she'll come over to where I'm at and she'll kind of reach out just like that. And I can't help but to reach down and grab her. I'm like, if she's reaching out for me, I'm going to reach out for her. And you know, I have to believe that if we go to the Lord and we lift up holy hands with a prayer request, a petition, that God's going to reach out for us. It's a wonderful thing. And by the way, folks, listen, I have, I've tried my best over the years to never make fun of or criticize someone that may worship or practice any different than I do. The only time I ever struggle, and the only time I would ever even say something, if it distracts or takes away from worshiping God. And I, th I see a great principle here, and it's right in the Word of God. Listen, now here's what I see before I move on to that fourth posture. I want you to think about this, because this lifting up of hands in prayer, many believe that that posture, the lifting up of hands in prayer, that it is directly connected with the fourth one. Look at the fourth one. With our heads bowed, facing the ground in prayer. Our heads bowed, facing the ground in prayer. Here's the verse that I saw when I thought about this. Look at Nehemiah 8, verse number 6. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. There's the holy hands, right? Now watch, look what it says. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So here they are. Now, you know, a lot of times you're in churches, and again, uh, there's a lot of churches that, that may practice different than our church does. Folks, the reason we do the things we do, even tonight talking about prayer, is because we find foundation from this book. There's a lot of people that practice all kinds of silly stuff in churches today, and if you ask them, where do you get that from, they couldn't take you to somewhere in the Bible. But tonight, we're looking at postures of prayer that are in the Word of God. And sometimes when people do something like this, they don't, they're not doing it to lift up holy hands. They're doing it to draw attention to themselves is what they're doing. But notice what happened in Ezra's day is that as they lifted up holy hands, they bowed their heads toward the ground in prayer. Notice the humility there in that position as they're beseeching and asking God to work in their midst. The Bible says here, look at it again, that while this was going on, while they were lifting up their hands, while their faces were bowed to the ground, what did they do? They worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And by the way, do you see what I saw? The agreement that they had with the man of God about what he was saying about the Lord. Look what Ezra was saying. The Lord, the great God. And what did the people say? Here's what they said. Some of you ought to practice this and some of you ought to get used to saying it. Amen. Matter of fact, they didn't just say amen. They said amen, amen. Years ago, I was I went to a meeting and it was a it was a preacher's meeting and I was out there in California and there were some college guys and they were real excited about the Word of God and 
and, uh, and, and, and so my pastor said, hey, Brother Keel, I want you to take some of those preacher boys, go down to that meeting. And I, I love preaching meetings, so I said, yeah, we'll go. So we, we got in one of our vans. I took a whole van load of these, these college guys down there, and we walked in, and boy, that was a lively meeting. And we sat down, and there was this guy behind us. And about every so often, when the preacher was preaching, he wouldn't say amen. I, I kept, through like most of that message, he'd say something, and I, my ears, I, was, I thought, I must be going deaf. I cannot figure out what this guy is saying. He just kept saying it. And, and he just he kept saying it over and over again. Finally, I leaned over, to the, and I said to the, the guy next to me, I said, what is that guy saying? And he says, he's saying, two times, two times. Instead of saying amen, he was going two times, like amen, amen. That's what he was saying. And I don't know where he came up with that. You know, they said, somebody told me afterwards, one of the guys from the church that that guy was from, he said, we went to this other meeting, we were there, and he said, somebody just kept going, amen, amen. And he says, somehow he took amen, amen, and he just turned it into two times. And he says, every one of our church services, he says, my pastor's up there preaching away, and he's out there going two times, two times, you know, he's just having a great time. But folks, listen, what were they doing? They were bowing their heads with their faces to the ground, and they were lifting up their hands to the Lord. What a wonderful posture in prayer. Look at the fifth one that I found in the Word of God. It's the one that a lot of us are, are familiar with, kneeling, kneeling in prayer. This is probably the one that most of us are familiar with, Daniel. Remember last week, that was our example we went to over and over again about the different types of prayer. And the Bible says when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. And he gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. What did Daniel do? He got upon his knees and he prayed. How about Luke 22 and verse 41? The Bible says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. Now, if you know that passage, that's Jesus. Jesus just moved away from there in the garden he got on his knees, got alone with God, and he prayed. How about you go over to the book of Acts chapter 7, and you find one of the dear saints of God who was uh, being uh, really just uh, going through a difficult time in his life for his witness, his faith in Christ. His name was Stephen, and the Bible says in Acts seven sixty, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Kind of sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? That's exactly what you see in Stephen's life. This matter of kneeling in prayer, it's the posture in prayer that most are familiar with. Probably the one that's most frequently used. You, you find that even the Holy Spirit of God calls us into this posture of prayer. You find it in Psalm 95, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. You know what it is when we kneel before God? It's an expression of humility, to kneel before our maker. Kneeling displays our posture in that of being a, a surrender of our will to the will of God the Father. And that's what Jesus prayed while he was on this earth. Not my will, but thine be done. 
our supplications for mercy are underlined by our kneeling. It's a gesture that displays our unconditional surrender to the Lord. Kneeling in prayer. The posture of kneeling has been practiced, I believe, by all ages and by all nations. And the very word worship, uh, the, the original word that God used there, proskuneo, it's a word that when you think of worship, it's constructed of a word that means to bow the knee. By the way, one day everyone will bow the knee before the Lord. Every day everyone will worship the Lord. But we find here in these postures of prayer that kneeling is something, and, and again, that if there was one posture tonight that you probably knew when I got started, hey, that's going to be in there. That's probably the most common and the most frequently used. And, and then look at number six. What's another one? The Bible mentions praying on the face. Praying on the face. Look at Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel writes, Then I arose and went forth into the plain. Behold, the glory of the Lord stood there as the glory which I saw by the river of Kibar. And I fell on my face. Matthew 26, verse 39, again talking about Jesus. He went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We hear this word sometimes, and this is what it's describing. These couple verses we just read is the word prostrate. Prostrate means to cast yourself face down to the ground in humility, in submission, and in adoration. Hey, listen, the Bible even tells us in the book of Revelation that the angels are going to do the very same thing. The Bible says in Revelation 7, 11, and all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. What we need to do is lay ourselves out before God. And by the way, when we do that, do you remember what the Bible describes about mankind? When God created everything in this world, when it came to God's creation of man, he took the dust of the earth, did he not? And he breathed into man and he became a living soul. And if you notice this man praying on his face, it's us going right back to the very place we began. It's us getting on our face before God. We are dust and dust to the dust we shall return. And by the way, without the breath of God on our lives, you know what we are? We're just a corpse. We need the breath of God. And this is one place in prayer, this posture, the fall prostrate before the Lord, praying on the face. And then number seven, look at this, this uh, posture, lying upon one's bed. Now, I thought about this one for a little bit because when I lie down on my bed, only one thing happens. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'd be like that little girl right there. Boy, when I lie down on my bed, I have a hard time. But listen, again, the Word of God teaches us. Now look what the Bible says in Psalm 6. And boy, these are some gripping verses here. The Bible says, And I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my 
David, listen, folks, I don't mean this, I don't mean this bad, but that doesn't mean that David wet the bed. David was pouring his heart out to God. There was something that was, and folks, listen, I've had, I have had many a nights where I've laid there in bed thinking about something, one of my children, maybe something going on, maybe something that's happened in ministry. You know, God, God's, I tell people all the time, one of my spiritual gifts is sleeping, you know. I'm very good at it. But there are times, just like David, listen, as we, as we spend that time, listen, it's, sleep is sweet. God gives us the sleep that we have. But, but David says, look, I was weary. He says, I, 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 I make my bed to swim. Look at Psalm 63. He, he says here, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed. And meditate on thee in the night watches. You know, again, I, 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 I don't spend too many nights awake, but I know that my wife, a lot of times, I'll, I'll wake up and there she is. Some people are like that. And that, that, that's that time where it's quiet. There's nothing going on. The TV, all the distractions of life. And for some, some of you may take a hold of this posture of lying upon your bed in prayer. And then look at the last one tonight. The last posture that I saw in the Word of God is with your eyes open in prayer. Your eyes open in prayer. I was sharing some things with Brother Kenny, and Brother Kenny says, Pastor, I do that a lot when I'm driving my car. I said, I'm glad you keep your eyes open while you're driving your car. But again, if we're going to pray without ceasing, this may be one of those opportunities where we might have to keep our eyes open. Now again, where do we find this in Scripture? Look at Psalm 123, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until he have mercy upon us. Some great verses there. And that's David. There it is again, the sweet psalmist of Israel. David said, I lift up mine eyes. And then he says, our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until he have mercy upon us. How about Mark 6, 41? We looked at this passage not too long ago. The Bible's talking about Jesus again. When he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, what did he do? He looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples and set them before them, and the two fishes divided he among them all. Listen, there were times where Jesus prayed to the Father. Folks, I'm telling you, it's not irreverent to speak to God sometimes with your eyes open. Jesus did it. I will tell you this, that when the physical eyes, when the eyelids are closed, a lot of the distractions that would keep us from not being focused on God when we're praying, those distractions are gone because the eyelids are closed. And so understand there's these postures. If we're going to talk about having a good prayer life, then I think one of the things that involves is having the right posture. Uh, I suffer today with a, with a bad back because when I was a kid, I was one of those kids that sat slumped all the time. You know, my teachers used to always say, sit up in that chair. You know, I had very poor posture when I was a child. 
It's even worse now because of what I didn't do when I should have done it when I was a child. Let me ask you, do you have good posture in prayer? Do you have a certain way that you pray to God? It, look, you're not confined to any one. There's many different postures that we've looked at tonight. You might go home tonight and you might lay down on your bed and have a prayer, time of prayer with the Lord before you go to sleep. Uh, you might find yourself uh, standing before the Lord and praying. You might sit in the chair. You might be in the doctor's office tomorrow waiting for an appointment. And you could sit right there in your chair and pray to the Lord. There's many different ways that we can pray. But can I tell you, no matter what physical posture that you use when you pray, it's the attitude of the heart is what it's all about. Our heart needs to be humble as we approach the Lord. We need to be a holy people. See, it's ultimately about humbling ourselves under the hand of Almighty God. And when we do come to Him in prayer, we know that the Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of what? Grace. And I love this, to find help, right? Father, I need your help to find help in a time of need. And I know this, that the only way we can come before God is to come before Him humbly. Because remember what James wrote? He giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. And there's a lot of ways we can come to the Lord. How many of you, out of curiosity, some of those ways, those eight ways, those postures, how many of you really didn't, didn't see some of those in the Word of God before? Anything new tonight to some of you? It's what it's all about, is to look into the Word of God. And by the way, everything I shared with you tonight, all, the, all of that was based on the Scriptures. And I hope you can find yourself in one of those postures now, some folks might try some different postures, and there's nothing wrong as long as the prayer time with God is, is the way it should be, and that is to come humbly and submit ourselves before God. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I think about so many folks in the Word of God that came before you in, in a spirit and an attitude of prayer. Lord, I pray tonight and throughout our lives that we would see so many great examples, but there's none that's greater than the example of your son who was God in the flesh but still prayed, still sought your face. And Lord, I, I ask that you would help myself and everyone that's in our church, Lord, to be men and women that would assume a prayer position, that would posture ourselves humbly before you, and that, God, you would hear and that you would answer in your will. Now, Lord, thank you for this evening, for the word of God, for opening our eyes. And, Lord, I pray that we would take what we've heard, what we've learned with us, and put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen.